0: Hi, I'm Adam Henson. Welcome to Keeping On Track, a podcast series made by the farming community for the farming community.
1: Thank you, Adam. I'm Dominic Arkwright. In this programme, we're looking at the changing landscape of farming policy, payments and paperwork, all of them a big source of confusion and stress in the farming community. We'll talk about what these changes are, why they matter and how you can keep on top of them. Let's get the scale of the challenge first from David Exwood vice president of the NFU and a farmer in
2: Sussex. There is a process of change coming and, and starting to happen at the moment that is quite significant. So I think the first thing is, is to say, yeah, look, actually, we all need to stop and go, OK, we, we might not like it. We might, but we might not. But actually, change is happening and it's happening now. And I, I things are going to be different. And, you, you know, when you think about it, you think of the change from, Farms that were powered by horses to tractors, that was an immense change. I think we're, we're somewhere there. You know, there, is, there are some very significant changes that are just around the corner. And I, I think I would encourage everyone to recognise that and engage with it in some form. You know, just doing what you've always done is probably not going to be the answer.
1: The big changes are financial. basic payment schemes being phased out, payments in future are going to be linked to sustainability, land management, stewardship and so on. So if you've been reliant on BPS to keep things ticking over you'll probably have to adapt and that's tricky when a lot of people aren't clear what the changes are. We'll hear later about what some farming people feel is a lack of information but let's go back to David Exwood.
2: There's a lot of talk about regen ag and sustainable. And God, what does that mean? The answer is that farming is going to deliver a whole new suite of things. Yes, of course, it's going to be about food production. It's going to be about energy production. It's going to be about reducing carbon and biodiversity gain, clean water. And actually, all this technology and all these new ways of working are all going to come together. in This really exciting, dynamic sort of land management system that is going to deliver the food and the environment and the the climate and and all those things that we need. Farming is going to become the delivery body for so much. We are going to have to deliver more biodiversity, cleaner water. We're going to have to absorb more carbon and emit less carbon. There's lots and lots of things we can do and we will do and are doing and are coming quite quickly. And I, I actually can't wait for the next 10, 20 years. I think it's such an exciting time. It's not as though farming hasn't faced challenges before when I started farming, uh, it was a farm that was derelict and sort of been empty for two years and nobody wanted it because it was just at the end of intervention. It was the end of the period of guaranteed prices through the 70s, 80s and everybody's like, oh my goodness, how are we going to cope? We'll never cope with that guaranteed prices. Well, of course the answer was, we did. And farming carried on. And it, it's never quite as bad as we think. Yes, there is change and yes, there will be some casualties with change and it's, it, you know, things were slightly different, but It's that darkest bit is always just before the dawn, just before you're really clear what the change is going to look like. It's the point when you feel most uncertain, have the least hope, feel least optimistic about the future. And you can see a path through to being financially secure, you know, and and having a future. And we're at that point now. And I think that's why it is so hard at the now, now. And I would say to anybody, change is rarely as bad as we think it's going to be. And I think this is definitely the case now. I really do, I feel that very
1: strongly. So David Exwood is pretty upbeat, although he knows it'll be a challenge. But let's think about the changes in more detail. How are we going to get paid? Professor Matt Lobley is Director of the Centre for Rural Policy Research at the University of Exeter.
3: So as all the farmers listening will know, their basic payment that they've been receiving for years under the Common Agricultural Policy is being phased out and is being reduced quite rapidly. So they're losing that income payment, but the the so-called replacements aren't all in place yet. So they can't replace necessarily the income they've lost. So that's, that's one part of it. Another part of it is though this replacement income, it isn't a like-for-like replacement. It isn't as if your phone is broken and you go out and get a replacement phone. There are new funding schemes, but they're totally different. They're not just paid to a farmer because they manage land. They're going to be paid in return for farmers producing environmental goods and services. So the whole basis of payments are changing. So that can be an additional stressor for some people and just the uncertainty that creates. And then there is the dependency of many, many farmers on the traditional support payment. So a large proportion of farmers would make a loss... If it wasn't for those support payments, many just make a very, very modest profit as a result of including those payments. So the prospect of them disappearing, which they are going to do, and then maybe not being able to replace them all, and so people, you know, it makes it very difficult to plan for the future and to know what to do. And I think a lot of people will be really, really quite confused about what some of their their options are. We all exist in conditions of uncertainty and the last few years has really driven that home with the pandemic and everything. But then if the whole kind of policy environment within which your business operates is changing, but you don't know exactly how, that just creates further, further stress and so contributes to anxiety and depression. There will be farmers looking at their businesses and thinking, well, you know,
1: maybe it's not going to be able to continue. And it's the uncertainty that's bothering farmer Mike Wilkins.
4: For me as a as a farm manager, trying to budget when such a large percentage of our income is obtained through BPS and stewardship in the knowledge that we're losing bps stewardship's basically staying the same we've maxed out on the amount of stewardship that we can have on the farm for many years, so that's not really an option for replacing our Bps loss and you know we need to know what else we can do and if it's not going to be through government help and support, then we need to look. To diversify our business in other ways, which we have already started to do. I would have rather not made some decisions until I knew more about what, what options were going to be available through DEFRA, but there comes a point where you just have to keep moving forward. And I just think that has brought so much unnecessary stress into the industry. Um, it is the unknown. You know, we'd rather know something bad was going to happen than not know what was going to happen. So the problem seems to be that everyone knows that change is
1: coming, but nobody's quite sure exactly what it is and how they'll be affected. And the question is, why? Is DEFRA not putting out enough information? Are farmers not accessing it? Why are so many people confused about what's happening? Here's Professor Matt Lobley. It's taken DEFRA a long time
3: to bring out all the new schemes and to make all the new rules and regulations really clear for farmers. And I I think, to be fair to DEFRA, it would have been very difficult to do it all overnight. But equally from the farming side, farmers need to understand where they're going, what the future opportunities would be, and they don't necessarily have enough information. And that just adds to levels of stress and uncertainty that they're already experiencing. So again, it becomes another
1: stressor that just adds to that kind of burden. Farmer Mike Wilkins is cautious about pinning the blame on DEFRA, but does think that the information flow isn't yet working effectively.
4: I think DEFRA, they have done a lot to try and um, help people through these sorts of changes. Um, and, you know, there is some responsibility that has to go back to the to the farmer in being able to make use of the help that is available. But actually, it is such a minefield and it's such a scary and intimidating thing a lot of the time. Um, and if it's a skill set that, you know, a farmer just doesn't have, it, it's easier to kind of plod along and try and get through the way in which you've done it before. DEFRA do like to make things complicated. Um, I think we're getting there I think countryside stewardship for example I think they really have almost nailed that and I'm so so pleased that they've decided not to replace it and to just expand it into um, countryside stewardship plus I think when they do replace schemes like that as they were going to that really doesn't help with the panic um, that you get from a lot of farmers when you think oh you know we just about understood what was going on and now they're changing everything and now I don't know what to do. And I think it disincentivises a lot of people to engage. Um, I think that's happened a lot with, with ELMS, the new environmental land management scheme. It's been talked about for so many years now in such a fluffy way with no detail that it's really, really turned a lot of people away from even wanting to engage with it. There has been no detail until you know the last few months even. And also, a lot of the changes that happen in policy and government and so on do happen completely disconnected from what's going on on farm. And the thing with farming and with the way our industry works is everything keeps happening. It doesn't matter what's happening globally, politics, whatever else, the farm keeps running, the crops keep growing, the animals keep giving birth to more animals. And you just have to keep rolling with that. And you don't have time to step back and say, okay, what's the bigger picture? Because actually the day-to-day is so important and it cannot be stopped that you just can't step back and take a look. And I think a lot of farmers are, through no fault of their own, quite oblivious to the changes that are coming down. Um, for example, the decrease in BPS payments. The core of what they're trying to achieve, I think, is absolutely fantastic. And I'm 100% behind it. However (laughs) it's been such a long time of uncertainty um, for what tangible things farmers actually have to do on farm to obtain payments and to achieve outcomes and farming is a long-term game. You know we've got an idea for our cropping rotation for 10 years time. We need to know how subsidy payments and how environmental schemes feed into our overall farming plan now for 10 years time and the level of uncertainty and lack of tangible information um, tangible actions on farm for the last five six seven years has been horrendous and so difficult to plan for i think a lot of um confidence and support in the industry has been lost by the government because there's so many people out there saying we want to do this, we want to achieve these actions, we're with you, tell us what to do, tell us how to do it and what you're going to pay us to do it, and there's been such a lack of that information that I think people are getting quite fed up really and really disengaged. So Mike Wilkins is broadly on board with the
1: changes but frustrated by the flow of information. You may be too but there is help available. Professor David Rose, Visiting Fellow at the Royal Agricultural University and Professor Matt Lobley have some ideas.
5: All farms are having to think, well is my business viable with all of these changes? And there are lots of places where they can get support. So DEFRA has had the Future Farm Resilience Fund where they have given money to organisations to provide free business advice to farmers and farmers can take advantage of that.
3: You can go to the DEFRA website if, uh, if you want and try and navigate that. But there are lots of other providers of information. So organisations such as the Farming Community Network are doing a lot now to help farmers through the transition phase. So, so often people might think of these kind of farming support charities or farming mental health charities as just there to talk about your mental health. But increasingly they provide the the kind of whole package. So there are national charities like that and there are local initiatives as well. There's obviously support and information from organisations such as the NFU, CLA, Land Workers' Alliance. There's there's lots out there.
5: We could be here all day probably if we went from the HDB, Natural England, the NFU, the Tenant Farmers Association, LEAF and named all the different organisations who could provide support to farmers with different questions, including the issue of finance. So farmers must never feel like they're alone. Um, There is advice out there. Some, admittedly, you would have to pay for, but there are also lots of free advice out there too, particularly with some of the DEFRA schemes where you can get quite good business advice, advice about the resilience of your business in the future that won't cost you anything. So
1: you're not alone. There is help out there. The other big challenge, and it comes with a territory of change, I guess, is new paperwork, a big cause of stress and anxiety in the farming community. In this final section, we're going to hear from Georgina Lamb from the FCN,
0: Professors David Rose and Matt Lobley, and first, Adam Henson. It can be complicated. It can be tough. You've got more demands as an individual on your time looking after particularly livestock that need to be cared for on a daily basis, and it never goes according to plan. You start a day with a list of jobs, and those jobs change almost instantly when you start going out on the farm and you're realising things aren't as you expected. And there may be a cow carving, or something's broken its leg, or a tractor's got a flat tyre, or whatever it may be. And therefore, the paperwork is often pushed to the evening when you're tired and run down and you should be spending time with your family and you try and do the paperwork then you might not get it right it's quite complicated a lot of it is online now and um you know I'm the first one to admit it's really difficult
6: the joy of paperwork not everybody can afford a farm secretary or um you know advice from a land agent or or the nfu so you have to be an incredible administrator to be a farmer we know that literacy levels within farming aren't always great and also connectivity on the internet and doing paperwork online has become a challenge so sometimes people can then ignore those demands or those forms that need filling in because they're quite simply too busy out farming to answer that email or things do get slipped or missed and therefore people will wonder why they haven't got a payment but it's because things have become digital or that form they've ticked the wrong box because you do have to have a, a, a greater understanding of those papers because they change so frequently and the margin for error is, is yeah massive
5: in all of the interviews and the surveys we've done of farmers it's usually a top five reason why farmers are struggling with stress and anxiety, that the post-Brexit changes, understanding them, understanding the paperwork, filling in the paperwork, the fear of making a mistake and being penalized if you've made an administrative error these things do weigh heavily on farmers' minds. We know that it is one of the primary drivers why farmers feel stressed and anxious, but they can't pay anybody else really to do it.
0: No and that is part of the problem in fact the you know paying a land agent to do your um, form filling for government support and often that's where the money's coming from you might not be making any money out of your sheep but you might get it from environmental scheme payments or your base payment scheme which is the which is the scheme that's going to run out in by 2028 we're not going to get that money anymore it seems completely counterintuitive to go and pay a Agent five hundred pound a day to fill those books in for those forms in for you, but actually that's what you ought to be doing <laughs> because it's going to make you a lot more than that.
3: I mean, you can buy in people to do to do this for you. I mean, there's a cost, but I think one of the ways to think
1: about that is well, that cost might be cheaper than making a mistake. So it can sound pretty grim, but let's leave the final word to David Exwood from the
2: NFU. For all of the issues we've talked about, I have to say, for me as a, a, a farmer. I've never been more excited about the future and the possibilities. And I think that also for anybody who is younger, say 30 and under, who is looking to come in farming, there is a world of opportunity out there. And you are the ones who are going to be brilliant at delivering on it. David Exwood. So a lot of challenges
1: to manage, understanding the new schemes and the additional paperwork. Some, like David, are excited about the future. Even if you're not and you're worried, I hope you'll feel that there is help out there if you're struggling. That's all for this programme.
0: Stay well. Here's Adam. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping On Track. I hope you found some things in it which were helpful for you or someone you know. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in this podcast, you can find more information about organisations which can provide help and support by going to teamdoctor.org forward slash farmers.